And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another We Are Meat podcast. Um, it's a packed bunker tonight. We have all of our uh, children back with us, David Rispin. We have uh, Brian Kelly um, from the Mead Minor County Board and we have uh, uh, Kieran Flynn from the, the PRO of the Mead County Board Senior and uh, obviously we've got David Rispin from the Rispin blog and it's been an action-packed weekend of uh, hurling and football. We've had the All-Ireland Final and uh, which... The Mead ladies were taken uh, on Tipperary in the intermediate final today and obviously we had the replay of the All-Ireland final between Dublin and Kerry yesterday um, but we'll come back to matters at hand in Ashburn in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> you can credit for me, credit me that that one later credit. on. That's credit. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. There's a good union here, so there is. Um, uh, we have hurling results. Uh, it's at the um, business end of the championship in Mead in the hurling and we've got results from that we also have a few football results and we will be previewing the preliminary Fairy House Steel senior championship game uh, between Dunamore Ashburn and Coraha and also the relegation playoffs from the Fairy House Steel um, um, senior championship but there is also uh, a preliminary uh, match in the Mead Potato Intermediate Championship and we'll be going to that and there is also the big game in the Junior D Championship quarter-final. The replay tomorrow night between Cortown and St. Peter's Dunboyne after their absolutely pulsating draw last week, but we'll be coming to those results in a few minutes, David Rispin. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to Brian Kelly first and we're going to go to the All-Ireland Ladies final that was taking place in uh, Crow Park today. And it was Mead 114, Tipperary 2 goals in 16. And I suppose Brian Kelly... You know, two years in a row, Mead just coming up a cropper. They gave a good account of themselves today. I suppose last year against uh, Tyrone, the game was, I suppose you could say, over after maybe 15 or 20 minutes because of the early goals that they let in. But today, Mead stuck with Tipperary until halftime. It was an onslaught of Tipperary scores uh, early in the second half that really cost Mead. And, you know, it was a game that Mead were in. Yeah, two years ago, Tipperary had a big lead against Mead in the semi-final. Mead couldn't claw it back. Earlier this year, Tip got two goals from the throw-in and again, Mead couldn't claw it back. So when Mead had a steady start in the game, it looked early on as though Tip could pull away, but Mead, to be fair, rallied in the second second quarter of the game. And you within a half-time scores more or less tied up and you said Mead have a great chance here. Yeah, it was 10 points apiece at half-time, yeah, wasn't it? Great chance here. Mead, second-half team, they always put in a big, strong second half. But unfortunately... 
in in hindsight, scoring into the canal end was a lot easier today than into the hill 16. There was a stiff enough breeze, which wasn't that apparent when you're up in the press box where I was, but when you're down on ground level, there was a really strong breeze into the can, into the canal end. And Mead were playing into the hill 16 end in the second half, and they just got very hard to break through and get the scoring opportunities. Kelsey Nesbitt had won early enough in the second half. Now, to be fair, a miraculous save from the goalkeeper. Yeah. It looked to be, the keeper looked to be beating all ends up. She was off her line. She managed to get back, clawed a fingertip save onto the crossbar and back out. Had that gone in, who knows what could have happened. And such small margins does a game change. But I really thought from 5 to 12 in the mid team for large parts of the second half, they looked as though they were just struggling physically to break the Tipperary lines. Yeah, the, the, and tip, the, the Tipperary, Tipperary were very, very physical. And in the interview that we'll come into come to in a few minutes that you got with Eamon Murray, he did reference how the referee lo- led a lot away in that game, and it was a, it wasn't that it was a dirty game, but it was a very tough and bruising encounter. Yeah, no. In fairness to the referee, I thought he was superb in the game today, and a lot of times referees can be blown too much. Today, he let the game flow as much as he could. And Tipperary haven't been in Division 1 for the league and were a senior team last year. They're probably mo- a little bit more used to a fit more physical game against the bigger teams than Mead were. A bit more composed as and well. And they've just been around the block a bit more than Mead and they had that bit of savvy and experience. And in a couple of key players, they just had players who were to the manor born today. Like Ashton Maloney got player of the match. To me, she no- in no way deserved it. She missed eight shots on goal. I know she scored eight points, but if you're only hitting 50% of your scoring thing you do not deserve player of the match well, the funny thing is in, in ladies football it it tends to go to the big name uh, the man of the match or the player of the match usually goes to the big name oh yeah uh, like I, I've seen that on numerous occasions um, in ladies football over the last five or six years I've covered a lot of ladies football and you know, it's the big name on the team. If they manage to get themselves on the score sheet, they usually get the, the player of the match award. Look, if you're going into Crow Park today before the match and you're told to write down one name for player of the match, exactly. you'd have written down right. Ashley Maloney because yeah. everybody knows her. She's the, she's the easy option for people. Now, that's no disrespect to her. She was very good. Eight points is a huge tally. Seven from play in any All-Ireland final. But I just thought in the first half, Caitlin Kendy from wing back was outstanding. She was punk- punching holes in the mid rear guard with her probing runs from deep. At midfield, Ashley McCarthy scored 1-2. Her goal in the second half was probably the crucial score of the game because yeah. it put a gap between the teams. And it was a great goal now, in fairness. Top yeah. right in corner, well taken. And at number 12, Orlo Dwyer, she's a dual player. She's a wonderful camogie player. But today she was scintillating. She covered every blade of grass in Crow Park and she was majestic. And I, to me, any of those three players would have been equally or more fitting to be awarded player of the match than Ashley Maloney. And then on the mid side, Vicky Wall, I thought, had the game of all games today. Yeah. She was back in defence helping out. She was breaking tackles. She was scoring. She was setting up. Like, Vicky, in Took my eyes... a lot eye, of big hits as well. Yeah, in my eyes last year, the All-Ireland final nearly passed Vicky by. It just didn't seem to happen for her. But this year, to me, she came out and she was outstanding. She really showcased her abilities today. And she led that mid forward line. And she was an inspirational figure throughout. And even at that, I think she was probably a more deserving recipient of the Player of the Match award than Ashling Maloney. Yeah, a word um, for, for Duggan as well. For me, kick and freeze. Um, 17 years of age. 
didn't it didn't seem to um, phase her at all playing in Crow Park. Yeah, seventeen years of age, she scored five points, three frees, two from play. Yeah. Personally speaking, when she was taken off, I was a little bit surprised. Um I would have thought Stacey Grimes is a fair option to bring in, but maybe Emma Duggan could be utilising the full forward line. She has an eye for a goal, as we all know, in the county. And at that stage, you needed a goal. It just, while Vicky, or while Kelsey Nesbitt and Bridgette Lynch were trying their hardest, it just wasn't clicking necessarily for them today. And maybe it, one of the, Emma would have been an option in there, because Fiona O'Neill, her clubmate, was flying in the full forward line. And their understanding maybe could have been put to use... I know was, she drifted into full forward at one stage in the second half. A high ball came in, she won it. Mead got a score off it. So she had that threat had she stayed in there. Look, at maybe she was tiring. Who knows, when you're up in the seventh floor of Crow Park, it's very easy to be passing comment. Yeah. The people in the line know what's what's going on best. Maybe Ward had come back to them, she was carrying a knock. Like, it's... You're not going to criticise anybody for the decision that they made. Fiona O'Neill again, um, the word for her, like she she had you know an absolutely outstanding day, um, in Crow Park, um, scoring one goal and a point as well, um, you know, and probably wasn't the one that we would have been thinking about doing as much work as she did, um, before the game. No, like she scored, she put up a really respect, a good score in the semi final, I think one three or one four, but she's still not one of the names you think of when you think of that mid forwarding. And even when you she think just goes under the radar nicely, gets yeah. on with her job, like, and then comes out with a goal and a point of goal and four, you know. She has two club mates in Duggan and Wall who you think of straight away before. You probably still think of Kelsey Nesbitt before or and different things, but Fiona, I'll tell you what, she's a sidestep there that's absolutely fantastic. You never know what way she's going right or left. The goal she took really clinically, brilliant finish, top corner. Am I right in saying now that the last two years that Mead have played against a team that was relegated? Tyrone, were they relegated uh, the year before? And then this year was against Tipperary, who were relegated last year. Yeah, so if there's anyone of a betting persuasion, put in your diary for next year, Mead versus Westmead in the All-Ireland Final. And (laughs) hopefully third time lucky for Mead. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, you caught up with Eamon Murray, as I said, the Mead manager after the game. And uh, in fairness to Eamon Murray, um, wasn't an easy thing to do. Second time in uh, two years, losing an intermediate final. Um, But uh, we'll go to that interview now. Like, Eamon, an excellent first half performance. Like going in there, thereabouts. Just second half, conditions seemed to deteriorate significantly, and Tipperary just had a little bit too much physical strength, probably. We often think about the referees uh, not letting stuff go. Maybe today we didn't want to go, and they let it go today, so it didn't suit us at all. So some of the attacking there was savage stuff, and uh, we weren't able for that at all. Uh, we didn't blame all we like, just probably wasn't good enough on the day, so it wasn't lack of effort though. That's what we all asked the players to do. Give us everything you have, and if it's not enough, so be it. And that's exactly what it was today. Yeah. We could uh, give us everything, and it wasn't good enough. And you had a number of standout performances there today, like Fiona O'Neill was a constant danger in the full forward yeah, line. Jet and Fiona were amazing players, like at their age. No, they're not young, class players. And we're looking to get them back to this year for this year, you know. And then. Things just to hop the ball and probably go right for them in the day, and normally would go for you know. But overall, she's only seven years of age. She'll have bigger days ahead. And probably Kelsey Nesbitt's effort early in the second half when it was deflected by the goalie onto the That's crossbar. Right. That was a hu- that was a huge moment. Huge. She did another very good game, Kelsey. Kelsey didn't. Well, this is her first year back, so another year she 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 be outstanding player. Another year of training. So 
Second year in a row, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. It's a killer shot. So we can't start crying yet. We go home first. I mean, <laughs> no, we not. We go out for a few drinks and we get over it and we come back twice strong. You know, please God, that's the plan. So that was Eamon Murray speaking to Brian Kelly after uh, the Mead Ladies defeat to Tipperary in Crow Park on a scoreline of two sixteen to Tipperary, one goal and fourteen to Mead, five point loss for uh, the Mead Ladies, um, and uh, they will come back. There are some good minors to come through next year, so hopefully um, uh, they can uh, go one step further next year and win that in intermediate crown and go up to the top tier of ladies football. So um, we hope they enjoy their we- their evening as well tonight. Um, it's well-deserved. They've given their supporters a massive year, and uh, uh, we just want to say well done to them and get into the All-Ireland final, and hopefully they can go one better next year. I'm going to move on now, lads, and uh, I suppose it'll be rude not to uh, have a quick chat um, about the All-Ireland final. Dublin after doing, I, I suppose... You know, there's a lot of Dublin people in Meath. They're probably listening into the podcast. They're probably part of credit unions and everything in in uh, the North Mead area. Uh, or sorry, the South Mead area. And uh, they're probably uh, listening to the podcast. Kieran Flynn, Dublin, five in a row. Um, you know, a convincing victory over Kerry, it has to be said, yesterday. And uh, I said it last for the last week, you know, in, in replays, the better team tends to win a replay. Um, uh, I Kerry had their chance um, in the original game. Yeah, it just seemed to be what everyone had feared, that Kerry didn't get their win the first day. The, as you said, the, the replay, usually the favourite wins the replay. Dublin started the game at ferocious pace. Conor Callaghan was was scary at times, the way he was able to come out. and There was a lot of, kind of Twitter saying that you actually can't kick a bad ball to him. He'll win high, low, fast, out to the sides. Kieran Kenny was brilliant early on. Dublin were way more clinical in their scoring, and I think that's really... When you look at the statistics, the Kerry had a lot of wides, didn't convert their scores. And ultimately, that's what the game is. You need to score more than the opposition. Dublin have been the best at that for the last five years. And they'll go down as probably the best team now, like by record, by statistics, they are the best team. Maybe the old Kerry teams, with the, they win eight out of ten, wasn't it, of the decade, mm-hmm. with the Splan and all that, that era. They'll probably debate the credentials of the current Dublin team. But in our modern era, there's no doubt that they're the best team ever. But ultimately, it's still, surely all our Mead lads were watching that, the footballers thinking to themselves, God, what do we have to do to get there? And hopefully it puts a bit of fire in their belly watching the dubs up there and Cluxton every year thanking bloody Crow Park for organising the competition. <laughs> I don't know if he's the if he's actually so, so boring or he's actually like the sneeriest fella on the planet and he's just actually gone, he's transcended the, the humour. Like He's actually gone that far beyond it that he's actually that funny because like, it's well, ridiculous. I actually think he's the the the, pre, the, the previous, so he is. <laughs> he's just, that's, that's, that's the type of lad he is. He's an unbelievable ambassador for Gaelic football and the whole lot, but uh, yeah, he's a bit of a drip. <laughs> um, just a couple of things that you hit on there. Um, you know, uh, they, Dublin's, uh, I'm going to go to David Risman, Dublin's uh, clinicalness, um, I think they had two drops short in the first half, they had no wides. Um, Kerry kept lumping ball into the full forward line in the first 10 minutes. And in fact, four of um, uh, Dublin's first five scores came from long ball in by Kerry into the full back line, uh, into the full forward line, broken down, and Dublin were able to counter-attack and get four scores from that. And, you know... (laughs) They didn't do that when Tommy Walsh went in. <laughs> it was it, yeah, it was annoying um, because I suppose they kept at it. They were persistent in their uh, execution of it, and as you mentioned, I mean, 
I would have been a big advocate for Tommy Walsh starting the game and all the more if that was the tactic from the start to lump ball in on top of Ganey and, and Tommy Walsh. But as you say, very rare was it that either Ganey or Clifford had support inside. So there was, barring the first one or two, Dublin copped onto it and they had four or five lads round to pick up the breaking ball. And and it just clearly wasn't working. And then obviously when Tommy Walsh went in for the last 15, 20 minutes, they, they almost stopped doing it. I think they kicked one ball into Tommy Walsh mm-hmm. uh, probably the first time when he was just on. But after that, there was nothing. It just didn't seem to make sense. And as you mentioned, like the ta- the attack kept breaking down and Dublin benefited and got scores from it. They went four points up. And then Kerry clawed it back again. I think it was 10 all at the break, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, it, it it didn't really add up, to be honest. But um, look, what I suppose all they needed was one of them to click and uh, it had looked like a masterstroke, but that didn't happen. No, and, and I suppose just two more things I was going to say about it. Um, uh, Dermot Connolly... Uh, come on and he played that absolutely sublime pass uh, straight into Kilkenny's or Conor Callaghan's chest Conor Callaghan uh, yeah. Conor Callaghan's chest and absolutely brilliant it was a 50 yard pass like a bullet like an arrow like a bloody torpedo straight yeah. onto his chest but nobody talks about the other three kick passes that he did that went astray mm. and that is not the Dublin way you know what I mean mm. Like they do not kick ball in he kicked four ball in from 50-60 yards out and it's not the Dublin way. And you're just like going, it's so weird to see a Dublin player kicking the ball that distance into a 50-50 situation. If a guy is in space and he's on his own, yes, Dublin will do that. But it, it just shows you that, like, you know, they are such a well-oiled machine that, you know, he had he also had um, three fist passes that were intercepted. And I'm sure Gavin will look at his stats afterwards and go, God, that, that doesn't read well. You know, one great pass against five passes gone astray that doesn't read well it really fits into his persona doesn't it Dermot Connolly as the rebel of the group like he yeah. goes against the grain and does what he wants really when he wants and uh, I suppose he, he did that and possibly for people questioning why he wasn't starting or hasn't been starting or was only brought in towards the end of the game that's probably their answer to it like as you mentioned he's Jim Gavin is so um, meticulous in everything he does and the way the the, the what does he call it the process you know and everything yeah. so uh, that doesn't fit into the process and he won't be happy about it but look at the pass itself was that that was probably the, the highlight of the game I'd suggest yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just unbelievable and you, you forget about the score like it was a good score O'Callaghan took it in cut inside and kicked a great score but that effort, <laughs> that's yeah. very that's that's almost irrelevant final thing on it um, you were saying about you know them being the best team of uh, 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 we've ever seen and whatever they've done five in a row the last Kerry team that were going for the uh, five in a row in 82 um, they had in the five games that five All-Irelands that they played they had 13 players that started all of the five All-Irelands and they only had like another six players that had uh, um, that had played in those five All-Irelands whereas with Dublin I think they've only had like seven lads who've started all five All-Irelands and they've had a multitude of players that have played in all those five. So it's more about a Dublin panel than it is about a Dublin team. And whereas the Kerry team of uh, of the late 70s, early 80s, they were all about uh, a team and not a big panel. You know, so it's, it's a hard one to call anyway. It's not something that you can ever, I suppose, uh, really look at 
different times, different, uh, completely different game these days. But look, I have to say, well done to Dublin. They've done it. Um, you, don't, and you don't have to say it. Oh, we do. We do. We <laughs> have to say well done. But look, come here. Look, if you've got 20 times more um, funding than any other county in the whole country. Do you know what and I mean? And population. Like, and population as well. If you add all that in together, of course they have to win five in a row. And I go as far as to say they'll win eight out of ten. But anyways, we'll, which they've probably done already, but they could win eight out of the next ten. We're going to move on anyway. We're going to stay. This is the We Are Mead podcast after all. And um, we're going to go back to the Club Hurling Championship. It is the uh, Ted Murta Trim Club Hurling Championship results in the senior. And uh, it's been an absolutely uh, manic weekend of results. We're told 113, Trim 17 points. That game was played in Park Tolchin today. Longwood 215, Nafina 2-8. So it is um, Trim and Longwood who progress into the, um, the semi-finals and they will be playing against Kiltail and Kildalki. It's Trim v Kildale, uh, Longwood v Kildalki and uh, Kieran Flynn, Trim and Kildale is a repeat of last year's uh, senior final. Absolutely, and that's on the Sunday in Partholch next week. Uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Like That was a game, Trim rocked Kildale a lot last year, so it's going to be a big one now when we're previewing that. We're going to be going through that in our Patreon uh, service, so it'll be something... I was able to nab Neil Cole, the manager, and Rathmaline Great, and Alan Douglas, County Star and Hurler of the Year last year, who had a great game. I got interviewed to both of those players, so it's going to be a good old podcast again tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be doing that podcast tomorrow evening. We'll be previewing all the um, hurling coming up next weekend. It's the semi-finals of the Ted Murtha um, uh, Senior Championship and the Uniflu Intermediate uh, Championship. And uh, as you said, go over to the Loyal Royals uh, podcast on Patreon. It's Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you'll be able to get, uh, for the price of a pint, you'll be able to get all this added um, uh, content every week um, be it football be it hurling be it ladies football we're going to be covering it and uh, for all the added uh, content go over to our Patreon service for the Loyal Royals um, and as we said the drum uh, in the other uh, semi-final it was Longwood who came away with the victory they're not having a great year at the moment with the football but they're flying in the hurling and they uh, got over Nafina by 7 points and then now will take on Kildalki in their semi-final and that game is also next Sunday I believe yeah it's going to be a great one and they drew in the group so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens the next time round. It's like a, a mini replay in the championship. Longwood focusing on the hurling, I believe, this year now. So, no harm. That old football, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, well, they do have a relegation game uh, to think of as well in the football. We'll be coming to that later on. It's fixed for next weekend, but we do think that with the hurling on on Sunday that that game will be postponed. Uh, we'll we'll come back to that later on. In the intermediate, the Uniflu Intermediate Hurling Championship, it was Kells who came away with a famous victory here in Kildalki over Rathmalion. 14 points to Rathmalion's one goal and nine. Drumree, one goal and 13 and Kilskir Moila one goal and six. So Drummery coming away with the victory there. And they now will face off against Clonagale and Dundry. It's Clonagale will take on Gail Column Kill of Kells and Dundry will take on Drumree um, in their semi final. So two cracking semi finals in the intermediate coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the, a lot of them teams still involved in the football championship as well. So a lot of dual players. Again, it's not going to be easy. Them all them games are in part at the weekend. Bar one of them, I think the Dumree game is in trim because the junior hurling final is on in Navin. So it's going to be a cracker for the hurling fans of me. There's going to be great games of the weekend to go to see. 
and to listen about in our Patreon podcast. So. Yeah, I was just about to say, don't forget to go over to our Patreon podcast. It'll be coming out tomorrow um, or maybe uh, tomorrow evening or, or Tuesday morning. Um, it's uh, going to be a preview of all the uh, semi-finals in the Uniflu Intermediate and, of course, the Ted Murta Trim um, Senior Hurling Championship as well. And... Uh, uh, as I said, we've got interviews with Alan Douglas and Neil Cole if you want to head on over there. But, uh, uh, Kieran Flynn, you've got some more from the small ball. Yeah, for the over on the ladies' side of the house, the, it's coming to the knockout stages there big time as well. In our senior championship, Clemesson are playing Boards Mill. Nafina are playing Rototh. In the intermediate championship, Kiltail played Dumri. That game has actually has taken place. Kiltail have won. I believe Sarah Kelly, who's a sister of uh, Podge and uh, James Kelly, was instrumental in their victory. For Kildale, <coughs> O'Matneys are playing Kildalki in the Intermediate Championship. And then in the Junior Championship, Dunham-Rashford are playing Boards Mill and Nafina v Kildale. So the Camogie Championship is coming to a, a major finish up here as well. I think it's August, September, October. You know, every county in Ireland is getting into Championship mode now and finishing them off. So there's some great games. Probably going to see Clemesson and Nafina probably repeating their final last year. So definitely games to get to as well. Absolutely, and uh, it, it doesn't give dates of them, does it? No, not no, yet. No dates of them, but we do know what the pairings are, as Kieran just announced there. And as well, the ladies, um, after their defeat in the All-Ireland final today um, against Tipperary, they'll be going straight back into club championship. And uh, Brian Kelly, is there any dates for when the club championship is going to come back on? Yeah, there's games, I think, on Wednesday in the Intermediate Championship, and then at the weekend, the senior final round games are on. Excellent. On Saturday, and so. then we'll know what the uh, semi-finals pairings will be after that. Yeah, as long as there's no playoffs, which I think is a possibility in one of the grades. Absolutely. So um, they'll all be getting straight back into it. Um, and the Camogie and the ladies football will be um, back in full swing next week. We're going to move on now to some results from uh, the football. And in the junior preliminary round uh, game, that game was played today in Dulik. And it was uh, the Junior A Championship, the Chocolaterric Junior A preliminary round. It was St. Vincent's two goals and 14. Centralstown, one goal and nine. I know, Brian Kelly, you weren't at this game. Um, we're going to go to David Risman. Convincing win there for St. Vincent's against Centralstown. I suppose as expected, um, you'd have to say. I, I, I didn't think St. Vincent's would have too much in too much hassle in getting by Centralstown. Um, yeah. I think it was without being disrespectful it was probably just a chore for them just to get over the game won't probably learn a whole pile from it and will just be happy to you know get their place in the quarter final and look forward now to um to getting on with it uh Centralstown in fairness gave a good account of themselves they weren't disgraced by any means which is good and they were competitive um I think they lost Robert Ruddy to a red card which probably didn't help their cause he's an instrumental player in in midfield you know for them so um that that would have hurt them big time but look at St Vincent's um march on I think 2-14 is a decent score they'll they'll probably take positives from it there's an interesting thing about that game as well and and like you know, it's 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 just a little kind of bit of trivia or whatever. It's a bit trivial. Um, St Vincent's are managed by St Pat's uh, ex-player. Two, yeah. Two ex-players, and the referee for the game was a St Pat's referee. Now, <clears throat> I'm in no way, shape, or form did he um, uh, um, have any effect on the result. But surely to God, somebody to to stop any rumours or anything after a game. You wouldn't, you wouldn't allow that happen, and, and I suppose I don't know if Centralstown knew that beforehand and made a complaint or not, but um, like we, we have heard, we've seen it on Twitter. There have been a few people given out about, it. and all of them have said 
it didn't have any effect on the on the result but it's just not it's just not right to have something like that happening well there's two things i suppose and you've touched upon both of them there the the first of which would be the, the actual appointment of the referee that's that he shouldn't have been appointed to referee that game um, it, it's not his fault, it's not either the club's fault, but it's just the thing that if, if a referee is anyway affiliated to guys who are playing or involved, they shouldn't he shouldn't be appointed, simple as. The other thing is probably from from Essentstown side, had it been noticed previously or in the week leading up to the game, then you can flag it and say, hang on, we, we're, we're not happy with him yeah. doing the, the game or whatever. Then it can be changed when you have time, when it's only spotted during or after the game, I know, look at I know it still doesn't make it right and all, but it's very hard for anything to be done, not to be done, but you know what I mean? It, yeah. No, just, no one noticed it until the game was on or when it was over, so. There's an old uh, saying, prevention is better than cure. Mm. So you see that fixture and you say, well, hang on, we don't want to have to cure any curiosity after the game. Mm. Let's prevent it. Let's give somebody else that game. Exactly. You know, it's not that, as I said, the referee didn't influence the result in any way, shape or form, but it's just it just doesn't sit right with people after the game that oh hang on a second mm. you know what I mean and again no slight against the referee no slight against the management of St Vincent's and I suppose those those lads that are managing St Vincent's uh, from St Pat's they're probably going we didn't need that either we don't need that hassle after a game they've won this game they're going through to a quarter final and they don't need this hanging over them well as you say like they won the game quite comprehensively it the, no matter what happened, it didn't have any bearing or impact on the actual result. So I don't think it would have mattered who was refereeing the game. I think St. Vincent's are, are a better side. That's that's fact. Um, they would have always won the game, but uh, it, it should have been just a thing that the, you know there was a different referee appointed and none of this would have kind of came up. And I suppose you touched upon it there for, for the Vincent's management who are a club mate or friend of the referee in question. It's 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 unnecessary aggro for them as well, yeah. because I'm sure they would have been more than happy for someone else to take it. So, well, it is St Vincent's who march on into the quarter final of the Junior Championship, um, and those quarter finals have now been, uh, all of them have uh, are set, and I think it's uh, Beliver who take on St Vincent's in the next round, isn't it? Beliver and St Vincent's, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a which is a great tussle because you have you have the favourites for the championship this year against last year's beaten finalists. I mean, it's. Um, I think the Ard Catman will have it all to do, to be honest with you, but it, it, they certainly will put it up to Beliver and it'll be an extremely hard test, I suppose, as regards quarterfinals goes. Do we know when those junior final uh, quarterfinals are being played, uh, Kieran Flynn? It's all at the end of the month, isn't it? That last oh, weekend. They're all they're all 28, 29, so we'll be yeah. previewing them later on. We won't go into it in detail just now, um, but um, it's going to be, an ap- I think it's the week after next. So we'll be previewing them next weekend on our uh, Loyal Royals podcast. Um, looking down as well, there was a junior B result. It was on Friday. It was played in Stamullen, and it's Kilbride who uh, beat St Mary's 220 to 9 points. And uh, in that was in, I'm not sure what group that was. That was Group A. And then in O'Matney's uh, Paddy O'Brien Park, it was Boardsmill taking on Drum Condrit. And Boardsmill came away with a huge victory here. 1-8, 11 points to 6 points for Drum Condrit. 5 points lost there for Drum Condrit. And uh, that, that means that the Junior B is now um, uh, settled. The, the Group A is settled and we will know what the quarterfinal pairings are, I'm sure, tomorrow. But that leaves Boardsmill on top of that group. Kilbride are now in second, and Slane go through in third. 
Drum Condred don't go through. They're in uh, three points in fourth place. St Mary's uh, one point at the bottom of that table. So um, the three teams coming through to the quarter final will be Boardsmill, Kilbride, and Slane. I do think that that means now that Simonstown will be playing Slane in a quarter final. You just have something there for me, Kieran? I'm just saying I have the the other two groups. I know we know who's going through already, but it's it's Retort, Dunboyne, and Delique from Group B. And it's Simon Sound Trim and St Pat's from Group C that are going through. Yeah, I think that I think C one plays A three, um. So or uh, wait, there could be a, there could, the preliminary round actually was played in that. We know the preliminary round was played. It was um, but we don't we don't know the pairings for the for the quarter final of the of of, of the junior B. Um, but we will. Uh, St. Pat's won the preliminary game, so they've knocked out the league. Yeah. So that we have the quarterfinals, just have to wait for the CCC to publish the fixtures officially. Yeah, and then next week we'll have those, and uh, I'll be very interested in them, I can let <laughs> you know. Um, uh, the next one was the Junior D quarterfinal. It was played on Monday, we've spoken about this already, it was played in screen. Cracking game, this went to extra time, and the two teams could not be separated. It was the senior team of Dunboyne against the senior team of Cortown if you want to call them that, it was the junior D teams. Um, but uh, David Rispin, 2.13 to 2.13. And I believe an, an absolutely thoroughly enjoyable and cracking game of football. Ah, it was unbelievable. It was, a, it was a fantastic, really, really good game of football. I do the hard code. Oh, well, I don't know what it but it was... <laughs> and Jared did a cameo in goals and a cameo yeah. at centre forward. Like, who would have thought that way back in December that that cameo or that appearance as Santi in goals would actually culminate in him you know finding himself in goals for Junior D and playing Division 1 league this year and as well exactly. this man has played every grade of football this year yeah. I wonder did he play for the ladies team at all yeah, I hope not <laughs> but uh, I don't think he'd qualify as a lady to be honest with you with all due respect to Gerard but uh, he he, um, he he played ever so well in goals it was funny because our lads I was chatting to a couple of our lads after the game who um, who would be in the forward line and one thing you don't expect at junior D level is short quick kick outs Ger was picking lads out um, going short left right centre and lads making runs and he was absolutely picking them pinging them but he came on a mad run towards the end of the second half out the field. He just couldn't stay on his line and he, he went on a mad run, one of three in that fair play to him. But then for extra time, all of a sudden, he, he lined out on the 40 and um, offered, you know, took a couple of wild shots as well. But he he, 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 he was quite good, to be fair. He, he, he really was. He got on ball. So I'm not sure. I, I don't really want to go into it too much. But he, I, I, I have my suspicions. He might start outfield tomorrow, but I'd be all the happier if he did because the goalkeeper that went in, great kickouts and all, but there was no short ones and went long and it kind of suited our lads in midfield to win it. It was an unbelievable game of football. Um, like we got we got a penalty in injury time uh, to draw the game. Oshin Smith plays for in Trim. In normal time? In normal time. Right. Oshin Smith, he plays for Trim Celtic. He stepped up, he was all over it, sent the keeper the wrong way, a strike. He's a good friend of yours and you were expecting him to play in a big part in this in the senior team, isn't that right? Yeah. and, and He's just back from America. Yeah. No, 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 he's not. No, a different one. But uh, Oshin's a soccer man, and look, we respect that. That's his number one thing. But when we have him, we're delighted to, you know, to, to have him playing. Why can't he play both? Um, because the clash. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. Um, but he the took the penalty. Got season. us to extra time. We weren't even sure was it extra time. We thought it might be in replay. Extra time went for point for point. Um, 
we equalised and had two chances to win it late on but on reflection I think a draw is the best result and like there was a good crowd over on screen and I'd say there'll be a bigger crowd there tomorrow night because of the game it was just for a fiver it was absolutely class um, so look at I won't delay anymore yeah but look um, uh, get over the screen tomorrow night it's going to be an absolutely cracking game it's, it's in screen yeah oh sorry it's in chocolate it's in, night. sorry it's in the chocolate yeah. we'll, I think we'll uh, do we have the fixture for that yeah it's uh, tomorrow Monday night it's in Dunchockland Courtain v St Peter's get over early get your spot uh, at the side of the field because this is going to be a sellout it's the Junior D quarter final replay between Courtain and Dunboyne Dunchockland tomorrow night you might even see David Rispin sporting his tan over in Dunchockland tomorrow night I'm not like if, Tom O'Connor I don't if, wear shorts on the line if you can get freezing. if you can get through the crowd <laughs> but uh, no honestly great game of football there last week and we're hoping for more of the same uh, tomorrow night the Junior D Group C playoff Bechtiv uh, came away with a victory over Clannard it was 113 to 9 points and then in the B League Division 6 final it was played in Courtown it was played today was it or was it? yeah it was indeed David Rissman you were at this game it was Wolf Tones 3 goals and 6 Drumbarra 1 goal and 6 it was a 6 point win for Wolf Tones and interestingly enough, you caught up with Tony Carney after the game. He's the manager of all the teams in Wolf Tones. And that's that's brilliant to see a manager who gets involved with a club as much as that. Yeah, he's a Wolf Tones man. And interestingly enough, you'll hear from the interview is that he feels that every player within a club, whether it's first team, second team, fifth team, whatever it is, deserves to has the right you know, to go out and play football for the club and he mm. feels that it's important that every lad enjoys their football and gets a chance to do so and he spoke about the young lads in the club and there was quite a few of them playing this evening you know, in that game but had it not been for the older lads on the team they never would have got that opportunity because they wouldn't have a third team essentially yeah. so they wouldn't be playing any football they wouldn't probably make it on the second team or whatever but they have some some really good potential there it was a, it was a thoroughly enjoyable game because I suppose Trumbara, um although it's their second team when it's Division 6 you don't have to name 15 lads you don't have to name your starting 15 from your first team I think 10 lads is all okay. so they had 5 first teamers playing which kind of added to their strength, strength. in their hand yeah. exactly and uh, they also had lads who would have came on during the championship, might not start the first round, but could have started other rounds and that. So they were quite strong themselves. Like Luke Fagan was playing centre back, who I'd suggest is probably one of their best players in the first team. But the rule allows them to to play it. But well, of tones too. They had the Coleman brothers, um, a couple of the McLaughlins, Ben McDermott, some really good. Um, some really good players and it was a great duel. There was Drumbar were actually a point up at half time and the Wolf Tones came out and got three goals in the first five, ten minutes of the second half. It was a feisty affair as well. It was an extremely feisty affair and you'd expect nothing else from the two clubs. They're real passionate about their football in, in those areas and uh, there was a couple of red cards. I wouldn't say there was anything really dirty in it. It was just it was just kinda um, flaking exactly flaking. You, you took the word right out of my mouth but, we've uh, got it into this preview yeah. this podcast as well but uh, Larry McAtee was in charge and he refereed it well and uh, stamped his authority on it so fair play to Larry for that well done to Larry and well done to Wolf Tones getting their victory and I suppose as it was something that you mentioned there about Tony Carney saying how uh, you know every player deserves to get played uh, at the end of the day if you're playing for any team your All-Ireland is playing with that team mm. at the level that you're playing at and, 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 and that's wonderful and we'll go to that interview you got with Tony Carney just now Thrilled to be joined by Tony Carney after the Wolf Tones win over Drumbarra in the B League Division 6 final tonight in Cortown Tony uh, great win I suppose it means a lot for the club to get some silverware on board I know it's been a, a year I suppose of mixed emotions but, but good, to, good to get some silverware on board Obviously it wouldn't have been a priority at the beginning of the year but uh, I believe that every level of footballer should be catered for in the club and that team there 
uh, I think the seven over 30, some of them a little bit over 40, seven under 19 and one in the middle age group. So uh, without the old boys, the young guys wouldn't have a game. It has been difficult to get them out, begging. They're not overtrained by any means, uh, but through the... Have a, have a bit of fun tonight and that's about the height of it Absolutely and I suppose there was a great little blend there I, m- I know you yeah, mentioned yeah, there was yeah, seven yeah. over 30s but there are plenty of young lads with serious potential coming through as well in the club There are and that's the only way to uh, nurse them around because there's no point if they didn't have that they wouldn't play football at all and if you lose the lads at 18 or 19 for a couple of years you've lost them forever mm. and we have a good bunch of lads I suppose at junior A level even though we're, kind of, we're struggling we did, we're quite happy with what we had we, had, uh, we played 11 on the 20s and that most of the year and there were a couple of older boys that we thought would stay out a bit longer and, and help them out, but they didn't. But that's look at the, the, the guys I'm talking about have given super service to the club, mm. and we can't we can't say word against the likes of Stephen Corrigan and them. Yeah. Yeah, they've, had, they've given their day and they're brilliant. And what about what about tonight? I know it was uh, an awful night for football, but uh, fiercely contested game with Trumbara, plenty of trills and spells. Yeah, no, uh, we beat them quite comprehensively early on the year, but we knew they had four or five lads that hadn't played in first round. They had a chance to be there today. Mm. We knew it was going to be a battle. It, knew, it, it meant a lot to them. It meant a lot to us, but it meant a lot to them. I know there's, with their the area they're, they're, they're fighting with trying to keep football going in the corner of a parish and credit them big time I know quite a few of them and they have a great time for them at club because of the fact they're small and they keep it going yeah. but uh, look at uh, it's, 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 it's something anyway I suppose that's my 20th year of management I've always managed to get some kind of a cup this wouldn't be the, the greatest one but as I said they'll enjoy a bit of crack tonight and she'll be back training for the junior, junior G we might take that there's bigger fish to fly next to fly next, next Friday night. That's more serious. We'll come to that in a second. Mm. Um, you mentioned the Junior D. Yeah. These are still going really well in that. Yeah, Very similar to the team that probably played tonight in, in terms one. of personnel. Yeah. Yeah. Just bare one, yeah. You'll uh, be uh, looking to go close in that. Well, again, I haven't... Basically, I don't know what the standard is there. Uh, I would, I'll be honest with you that, that, that we would be concerned about a lack of fitness and games might be in bigger pitches later on. But look, at, they might come out and do a bit of training now. Hopefully, this might encourage them to... There's not long left in the season, and mm. as again, we've nothing else left. Mm. You mentioned Friday night; um, it's it's a huge game for the club, I suppose. It's not not where you want to be, but that's realistically where you are. You're 20 years in management. I imagine Davy Cahill's probably 20 plus years. We won't go into it, but two experienced campaigners on the line. That'll be a, a serious clash, won't it? Well, there'll be no clash with myself and Davy. <laughs> no, no, the two teams. It's the, guys, it's the guys on the line that, between the lines that have to have to do it. Look at um, the paths. Similar to ourselves, we've had we had good results through the year, now and again up and down, inconsistent. Well, I suppose we had a very unfortunate year. We were short Dan O'Neill, Owen Harrington, uh, Niall McLaughlin, Oshin Guinnessy, uh, uh, Ina Harrington for eight weeks, Ina Kelly Lynch for eight weeks, away in a, and we're just trying to get them back now. We wouldn't have as much work as we'd like to do for this stage of the year, and perhaps that's the reason we are who we are. But next Friday night will be a Doggy dog situation. Nobody wants to go down. As simple as that. Because we've seen it with clubs throughout the county and every other county. We begin to slip. You can slip a long way. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll be, yeah, look at we we'll we, we'll give it all the best shot we have. And look at them. Let's be honest. If we're not good enough to stay in the championship, that's simply it. Oh. Uh, at this stage, there's not a whole lot we can do. Yeah. Tony, all the best, Friday and thank well you. done tonight. Thank so that was uh, Tony Kearney and uh, we, we'd like to thank him for taking the time after the game to do the interview with us. Um, absolute gentleman and uh, as I said, well done to Wolf Tones on their B-League Division 6 victory and uh, that'll only stand to them as they go forward um, in the championship getting those players out in the field 
and uh, we'll be coming to that in just a moment because we're going to move on now. We're going to preview some games that are taking place uh, over the next uh, week and some of them that probably aren't. Uh, <laughs> in particular, the long one Centrestown game. But the first one up is the Fairy House Steel preliminary uh, round quarter final. This is taking place in screen on Tuesday night, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday night. night yeah. Tuesday night and uh, in screen, and it's going to be Dunmore Ashburn taking on Coraha. Going to go to Davy Riston about this one. Dunmore Ashburn um, in a little bit of uh, hot water at the moment with the credit union <laughs> being covered in Dublin. Uh, the money was just resting in their account, <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> but uh, apparently, they, 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 they've they've gone on social media uh, supporting the whole Dublin team and going crazy for the Dublin team in Dunmore Ashburn and uh, nutting up for uh, Myro Shotnessy isn't it the uh, Mead Ladies um, uh, captain. player captain of the Mead Ladies and uh, she was playing in Crow Park today but uh, disappointingly enough Dunmore Ashburn t- uh, not Dunmore Ashburn the football club but the credit union in Ashburn didn't this is no slight on Ashburn no, I, I and th- we are not going to bring so up the Dublin uh, supporters no, bus from last year no either. absolutely not and this is probably where a lot of the devote Mead um, people within the Dunmore Ashburn club get a bad rep because th- this must absolutely make and their blood must, boil yeah, it must, really must because yeah. They have nothing. They're as passionate as me about me the football as any of us here are. And when you see something like that in your area, fair enough, it mightn't be to do with the club specifically, but it's in your area, your locality. Yeah, it must be infuriating for them. And um, I know Karen Flynn has an opinion or two on it as well. No, I I just want to say I think I'm going to be going for like a, a regular like geography segment on the show. I have to explain where everything is. Like Ashburn is in County Mead, and all these like all the dubs moved in. Like you live in County Mead, so. Get rid of that old navy and blue <laughs> and come over to the green oh, and gold side. Do you know what it is? It's uh, Sorry, do you know what it is? They're supporting Simonstown, lads. That's what it is. <laughs> I they've, doubt it. Though. They've got their flags up for Simonstown. But look, we're, look, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek and whatever, but it is disappointing that the um, the credit union, Dunhamore Ashburn, and sorry, in Ashburn, because I'm, I'm, I don't want to include Dunhamore Ashburn Dunham football Dunham. team in this, um, in Ashburn, didn't have anything up uh, for uh, the Mead Ladies captain as she went into an All-Ireland Intermediate Final. Now, back to things, matters at hand, which is Dunhamore Ashburn versus Curraha in the preliminary quarter-final of the Ferry House Steel uh, um, Senior Championship. And this is a crack and tie, a local derby, David Rispin. And on current form, who do you pick? Dunmore Ashburn just about got over Minalvi in a very, very drab affair last mm. week. Curraha coming out massive winners over St. Colum Kills. Who's who's got the wind in the sails at the minute? Curraha do. I think there's no there's no um mistake in that. And it's the Tato Park Derby. It it should be a real crisp affair, you'd you'd think, but uh, <laughs> Apologies, lads. Uh, but Love but it. no, in all seriousness, I've I was see, I've seen Dunham Ashburn the last um, couple of games. Fair enough, the the one before was against Longwood. F- f- I'm looking at it with four halves. We'll say they're after playing the last three of them were extremely poor. Now the second half against Longwood, they were good when they had to be, and they put up a big score on that. But on form, and again, the lads have seen Curraha. I haven't got a chance to see Curraha, but by all accounts, they're putting up huge tallies. They're playing ex- exceptional football. Um, they've got some young players who are riding on the crest of a wave at the moment, and this is uncharted territory for Dunmore Ashburn. They or for Curraha rather. They, they're they're in senior only a couple of years, and they're really starting to find their feet and. 
you know, enjoying the whole experience of it. Dunham Rashburn, on the other hand, were in a senior semi-final as recently as last year. Yeah. And for me, they don't seem to be playing anywhere near as good as they were, or even as good as they were in the first or second round, first round of the championship this year when they wiped Summerhill um, off the floor in Dunshockland. So for me, I think all the form is with Curaha and the momentum. So I don't know what it counts as an upset or not, but I'd be fancying Curaha to do a job in Dunham Rashburn. So I'm going to get all of your predictions uh, for these games. I'm going to ask one of you to preview each game and then I'm going to get your uh, your predictions. David, I'm going to ask you for your prediction between Dunamore, Ashburn yeah. and Curraha. Just made it there, uh, Curraha. So you're going to go for Curraha. Um, and Brian Kelly between uh, Dunamore, Ashburn and Curraha. Curraha have a better attack. Dunamore, Ashburn have a better defence. Curraha uh, after extra time. <sighs> Two for Curaha. Um, I'm going to go to um, Kieran Flynn, the winner between Dunhamar Ashburn and Curaha. First, you're not going to call Brian out there. He's in after extra time. That means it's a draw. It's a draw, his prediction. 60 minutes. We only do 60 minutes on this show. <laughs> well, look, if he gets to draw... In fairness, right. most shows are way over 60 yeah. minutes. Well, <laughs> Brian's sticking his neck on the line here, lads, because he's, he's, picking, he's picking the winner after extra time. So let's say it's a draw and then Dunham Rashburn win, then technically Brian's wrong because he's gone one step further. Yeah, so. So yeah. Look, at fair play. More yeah. chances of us to win. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kieran Flynn, we're going to ask you for your prediction. Yeah, I think, and just to kind of follow on the crisp pun, I think it's time that Rispin pack it, it in and I'm going to go for Curra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that. So we all think it'll be hunky dory for Coraha. <laughs> well, funnily enough, lads, <laughs> I'm going to break this crisp in half. So I am, and I am going to say Dunamar Ashburn to win this one. Dunamar Ashburn, they're an up and down so, team. So you're going to say Coraha are going to crumble, are you? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a crinkle in their uh, armour, so there is, and we're going to go, I'm going to go for Dunham Rashburn. I honestly think that Dunham Rashburn, okay, in Curraha, they are on the crest of a wave at the moment, but Dunham Rashburn cannot let that happen. They cannot let Curraha beat them, and they're going to be up for this game, as will Curraha, but I just think that Dunham Rashburn, they, 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 they flatter to deceive sometimes, but then all of a sudden they just come out and do something like they did to Summerhill earlier in this year. So that's brilliant. I'm going to go for that uh, result. Three boys going for Curraha, and I'm going for Dunham or Ashburn. Tom O'Connor, you can give me a shout anytime you want. We're going to move on he's now. Curraha, man. nowhere. Which side is Brett is covered in this one? It's St. Michael's, man. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on now to the Fair Hill Steel relegation playoffs, and this one's going to be tough. We're not going to ask uh, the, um, Brian Kelly for his prediction on one of the games. It's, it will involve Sanchestown, but we probably won't have to worry about that for the next few weeks we're going to go on to the St. Pat's versus Wolf Tones game this game is on Friday night the 20th it's in Denor it's at 7.45 I'm going to go to Kieran Flynn here St. Pat's v Wolf Tones give us your analysis of this game and your preview of this game and your prediction yeah so the the Wolf Tones are a team that we wouldn't have expected to be here at this stage of the year like the Wolf Tones probably had aspirations to get into the knockout stages well, they've done that. It's just it's at the other end of the table. They're, not, they're hopefully not going to get knocked out of. But they've got to this stage of the championship where they do not want to be. They've got a lot of class. Like the two wards, we've talked about them multiple times. We've been big, strong men winning their own ball. We've talked about the two O'Finnegans, Bruach and uh, Sauron. We've Neil McLaughlin. There's so many players you could go through their team, like Aino Kelly Lynch. They've got so many young lads, Porrick Diamond. They've got a lot of lads that are probably too good to be in a relegation match. 
But then we look at the St. Pat's team and we've looked at how they've got out of tight spaces many's a time and I'd love to know their record, I'd say, as a club in the last 20 years of relegation matches. They've been in so many of them or even just last rounds, like round five of the championship to get out of relegation trouble. Like, we talked about their maybe discipline problems during the year with the likes of Donald Lanny that got a red card. Will will he have like the wherewithal to stay on the field and maybe kick the points to keep them up? The Pats are going to bring it to a very defensive game, I'd imagine, going on form from seeing them before. The Tones, I don't think they'll overly like that because they are very traditional. They, like the game, I've seen them this year, two games that they really kick the ball in and just play it, the, the old style. So I wonder, will it be a clash of styles or tactics? I think the Wolf Tones will have enough and it, my prediction will be the Wolf Tones to win but you're talk this game could finish like a cracker at like 9 points to 8 you know <laughs> you're, you're going to go for Wolf Tones then yeah so uh, Kieran Flynn is going for the Wolf Tones against St. Pat's and I suppose um, David Rispin this is really hard to call I'm not going to get you to preview it or anything. Um with St. Pat's doing what they did to Navin O'Matney's last week they really really stopped their attack and you know they were gunning for this. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're getting ready for this relegation game. So who are you going to go for, Wolf Tones or St. Pat's? I do I do agree with Kieran Flynn. I think Wolf Tones will have a little bit much, but Pats have definitely upped the ante in recent weeks. I think they played a challenge the other week too against Dundry, quite possibly, and, and played ever so well following on from the O'Mahony's game. So this won't be um, any cakewalk, I don't think, for Wolf Tones, but I do think they'll have just a little bit too much for St. Pat's who will go down. So David Rissman is going for the Wolf Tones. Um, Brian Kelly, Wolf Tones or St. Pat's? Very hard to look against the Tones here. So Pat's if they put in a huge performance of a squeak. But I just think Tones have a little bit too much ability all over the pitch. Yeah. Um, so Brian Kelly is going for the Wolf Tones as well. I am really, really, really torn here. Um, if, the, if the Wolf Tones team turns up, they could really do a job on, on St. Pat's, but I think this is going to be a really, really close game. I'm going to give Wolf Tones the nod grudgingly because I, I just think that we, we always say how St. Pat's have one big game in them. They haven't had their big game yet. Okay, then they put it up to Navin O'Matney's last week, but maybe that's a sign of things to come and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Pat's were able to uh, um, get the win over Wolf Tones. We're going to move on to the next game and uh, we're going to go to Brian Kelly for the preview on this one. It's your own club. We won't ask you to um, uh, give a prediction on it. It mightn't even go ahead. It's uh, Centralstown versus Longwood. It's Saturday next, the 21st. It's in Bective at 5pm, but Longwood hurlers are out in the um, senior hurling semi-final on Sunday. So that game probably won't go ahead. It will go ahead at some stage. So, well, it has to be played before Christmas, obviously. Um, but Centralstown and Longwood, it, again, going on current form, Centralstown are the team. But it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bloody relegation battle and they are just dogged affairs. Yeah, a key thing in a relegation battle is having experience of a game like that. Not one of the Centralstown team remembers a game like that. I think it could be in around 2002 since we were last in a relegation playoff against Minalvi in Dunsany. Um, the Longwood players have that experience. It's only a couple of years ago since they were in the intermediate relegation playoff. That could be a huge thing when this game is played, whenever it's played. Because we've sent them such a young team, a big game like that, who knows what way it's going to go with players. When you've that experience, it's something to lie back on 
Longwood have some very good footballers. Ryan Moore is an outstanding player. Mickey Burke has all the experience, all the craft, all the know-how. He can slow a game down to his pace. He's crafty. He'll win frees. He'll break up play. We're relying on the likes of Cottle Finnegan up front. Dylan Keaton. Dylan didn't perform anywhere near his ability against Kells. If he's not a off day, have we got the scores in the team elsewhere? He's a goal threat. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. On all form this year, Sanchison should win. Yeah. But form goes out the window in a relegation, in a relegation playoff. Does. I, I'm and not going to ask you for your predictions. Any, anything so can, no, anything can happen. Like, naturally, if I was asked for a prediction, you couldn't go against your own club in a relegation playoff. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a playoff. That was or, round one in a championship. Or, or the final. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's one of those things. If... If it's played in two weeks' time and Longwood have a senior Harland Championship final the week afterwards, who knows? Like People will look at Longwood's game so far this year and see the shipped heavy defeats. But the game against Summerhill cannot be used in any shape or form. A number of their players didn't play in that game, presumably because they were carrying knocks and had an intermediate, or sorry, a senior quarterfinal this weekend. Then on the other side of things, Centralstown shipped eight goals against Kells in their last game. So... They'll be nervy as well going into this game. But the longer the delay is between now and that game, it should give them time to, I suppose, get over that shock of conceding eight goals against Cal. Possibly. But sometimes the best thing you can do is get straight back in the saddle. Yeah, yeah. Like, you often hear, you fall off a horse and race one of the card. A jockey wants to be riding in race two just so he can get over. Yeah. Forget about race one. Like, the longer a gap goes on, who knows? Fellas can pick up knocks. You just you never know. Whereas if you've everybody fit next week, the last thing your club wants is a game to be postponed indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, Especially when the Longwood players will be training for the hurling and whatever, and trying to keep the, I suppose, the morale high in Central Town, knowing that you're only training yeah. for a for for, and, for that one game. Like, and all year Longwood have realistically known their senior campaign was going to come down to one game or relegation playoff. They knew when they seen the group that they were they were unlikely to come anywhere other than fifth or sixth. Sainstown would have had ambitions to be in the quarter final. This is a a blow for them now to be in a relegation playoff. You never know how that how people are going to react to that. So look, yeah. It's a game, to be honest with you, it's a game nobody in Sainstown is looking forward to because it's a game none of us wanted to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and it's a it's a tight affair. We're gonna to go to David Rispin for a prediction on this one. Um Sainstown or Longwood, you know, it will be a nervy affair, but You'd have to go on. You'd have to go on. Um, you'd have to go on form all year. That Central Town have to be good enough to win this game. Like, no offense to Longwood in in any way, shape, yeah. or form. They won an intermediate championship last year, and they were delighted to win that senior championship or that intermediate championship and go up and play senior. They've just kind of competed, and I think they know that they're going back down to intermediate, but they still have one chance of staying up. Well, that's it. I mean, they have an aggregate, I think, of minus ninety. Um, score difference from the championship this year and I mean ultimately they won't really care you know they might go down right but the one thing they'll look at is they've won an intermediate championship and they've played senior football for the first time in 75 years the main thing the main thing I'm saying is they won the championship last year if they go down they go down they'll get on with it they're a good club I mean the biggest thing that speaks volumes and Brian touched on it was that they were in an intermediate relegation playoff in 2016 we bet them in the first round of that playoff and then they went in Bertram Barrow by 10 points 
and, and preserve their status in intermediate. They were a game away from going down to junior, junior A junior in 2016, three yeah. years ago. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal story and it still is no matter whatever happens next week. I just, I agree with you. I think the lads they've lost as well, like they've lost Owen Lynch and Aaron, Aaron Ennis on form. They're their two best players. Yeah. I know the Healy's are there and Berkey and that, but they're, they're the two lads that they really, really look to for inspiration and that. So you add them factors in too. And Sanchez in fairness, I know they're there on merit, but they've picked up results this year. Yeah. Whereas Longwood haven't, as you said, they haven't got a point in senior. And, and without getting a result and all that, if they do get themselves in a winning position, will they start to wonder or question themselves? Sanchez if they get the chance I think they'll go for the throat and I can actually see them winning quite comfortably I have to say you're going for Sanchestown comfortably excellent and we're going to go to uh, the ex-Sanchestown man the current Dunsany man and uh, Kilmessen man and uh, where else has he been uh, Kells from Kells, yeah, he's yeah, our yeah, fondness like, for Kells did you know that his father taught all those uh, Kells hurlers and footballers I think it was only the good ones though. was it yeah <laughs> apparently it was only the good ones we're going to go uh, Kieran Flynn uh, your prediction for the Sedgestown Longwood uh, relegation uh, match from the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship yeah was it Johnny Cash that I've been everywhere that's what you're trying to dig at me there but I think Sedgestown will be good enough to, to get through it Longwood have had a tough year but I think Sedgestown have the firepower and the, the players to do it simple as that I think so yeah, and we're uh, we are gonna. Uh, th- I I've gone for Sanchezton. I had it written down first, so we have three going for Sanchezton. Brian Kelly is absolutely uh, is uh, is abstaining from that, and 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 rightly so. But um, uh, that game, that as we said, that relegation game between Sanchezton and Longwood, it's down for back to five p.m. next Saturday. But we're not sure that'll go ahead because the hurling uh, uh, semi-final is on on uh, Sunday. Kieran Flynn, you want to come in and say something to me there? No, just we could be a bit of breaking news coming into us that uh, the Dunham Ashburn game mightn't be on Tuesday night now because we're taught got knocked out of the championship. Uh, the Curragh lads are, who are play hurling with were taught, so to give them extra time, it looks like that game could be refixed at the weekend now. Right. So it doesn't change our predictions, but it looks like the fixture could move to the weekend from this Tuesday night. Just give extra recovery time for the, the likes of Podge Hanner and a few of the lads who play. Yeah. Um, so just keep an eye on the Mead website over the next day or two, and when the game is refixed, the fixer details will be up there straight away. That's just coming in live to us here, live mm-hmm. uh, on the internet web. Um, uh, w- before a couple of minutes ago, when we gave out that Dunbar Ashburn Curraha um, fixture, it was um, down for 8 pm on Tuesday night, but obviously. Uh, that has been changed in the last few minutes on uh, uh, the web server there, GA management system or whatever it is. Um, we're going to move on now. The last of the relegation matches in the Ferryhouse Steel um, Senior Championship is on Sunday. Um, it sees Red Kenny taking on St. Column Kills. And we're going to go to David Rispin for this one. Red Kenny against St. Column Kills again. This is a game that is very, very hard to call. Um, St. Column Kills have flattered to deceive this year mm. and really have gone out with a whimper in the uh, uh, in that group, in Group C of the Senior Championship. Really expected way more from them. They drew it at St. Peter's Dunboyne. They put it up to Simonstown. Simonstown only beat them by a point or two earlier on in the Championship. But they've just faded uh, since they got that result against Dunboyne. And Kenny, you know, are seasoned campaigners. They've got quality footballers. We know they've got quality all around the field. But their panel is probably not strong enough. They just don't have the strength in numbers. So this is a really hard game to call. I think this is the this is the game out of the three for me anyway that I think is is the most um, competitive, and I think it could go either way. It really could. The way I'd be looking at it is Rakeni will 
probably have been aware that they that they've kind of been prepping for this. I know Longwood were in the group; they got that win. But Colum Kills probably had aspirations of maybe challenging to get into a quarter final and that. And this is probably a game I look at the the, the Des Lane Derby. It was two of Des Lane's former sides, and <laughs> I suppose look at where they've ended up. You know, Rakenian relegation. Des finished up with last year. So f- what I'd be saying Jeez, I hope from that a, isn't a sign for Simon's. Day. Yeah. So keep <laughs> keep Des as long as you possibly can. In other words, or else you know what's going to happen. But. Uh, it, it it's going to be a serious battle, and as you said, Rakeni have been in these in, in recent years, and they're they're kind of battle hardened yeah. um, in terms they of know relegation. what to expect from these. Yeah, and St. Column Kills don't, to be honest with you, they're only in senior a couple of years. They've kind of been on that winning run all the time, and its confidence has been high. Confidence now has to be at its at its lowest that it's been in the last four or five years. I'd imagine it's so brittle. Yeah. You always look to their county men and you'll say, right, you know, that they have good players. But then you look at Rakenny's, what can Rakenny ma- mark them with? And obviously Donald Kogan, the outstanding player in the county, will, will you'd imagine, pick up one of them. James O'Hare's a former Mead minor. You know, he's probably going to pick up someone like maybe James Conlon and that. And Thomas McGuinness is there as well. He has pedigree playing with Mead on Ridge. So if th- what I'm saying is if Rakenny can curtail the three danger men, first in column kills, the three county men, I think Rakenny have enough in their own forward line, in the form of Jack Orr, Keith Curtis, Keith Timmons, um, lads like this, to cause St. Column Kills, who defensively have been weak, because you've mentioned the, the scores they've shipped in recent times, they could nick it, I think, Rackenny. I really do. I I think St. Column Kills, if they play, if they play to what they can, what everybody knows they can, I think they win. But could anyone hand on heart say that they will? I, I certainly couldn't. Um... I'm gonna give so I'm gonna give Rakeni the nod in this. You're one. Giving Rakeni yeah. the nod. Um, I'm just write that down. Um, Brian Kelly, uh, your prediction for Rakeni and St. Column kills. The pitch to be mowed, lines to be perfect in Sanchestown. Um, but That's who's a good prediction? Who's going to? Win? <laughs> <laughs> it's unlike it's wrong. unlike Carton, you see. So <laughs> <laughs> look at um, as a neighbouring club, I'd lo- I'd hate to see Rakeni go down or it. Club with a proud tradition. Just, I think, kills over the pitch. They probably have a little bit more class than Rakeni, but if Rakeni can make it a, a war, and I mean that in the best possible sense, just a war of attrition, physical battle, then they will beat the kills. But I just think if it's a nice, if the forecast for the week is good, and on a dry day, dry side, I think kills will just have a little bit too much, but it will be nervy. So Brian Kelly is going for kills. You hit on something there. I played in one relegation match. Uh, well, actually, I played in a couple of them. But I, I play. I remember playing in a in a senior relegation match years ago, and uh, I rang up a few elder statesmen that who would have been played in a lot played a lot of football through their life and whatever. And I just asked them for some advice on it. And you hit on something there like a war of attrition and whatever. I'm I'm I'm. Both of the people who, who I spoke to at the time said, look, it's going to come down to literally a war. A relegation is about a war. And he says, both of them as well said to me, it's about bullying and not being bullied. And another thing they said as well is that if if someone tries to bully you in, an, in a relegation playoff, you just have to stop them from bullying you. And I remember going out in that game and we ended up, the team that we were playing tried to bully us but we didn't let them. And it's all about stopping the, the other team from bullying you and then just putting your um, putting your own uh, game stamp, stamp on, the, uh, on the game. And it's, it, it stood, uh, I'll never forget it because I, I thought that the team that I was going out to play against were such a tough team and I knew that they were going to target me. And he says, just whatever you do, don't let them bully you. 
and it, it was it's it's you amazing. Up to the you still you, you yeah. stand up to the bullies. But Brian Kelly, you're about to say something. Yeah, like just the last day, where Kenny played in our pitch, and Brian Mead was injured, Kayla Callaghan was injured. If they're missing the two down from the start against Colin Kills, they really I can't see them getting the result that they need. Kenny need everybody fully fit. And so you're, you're sticking with the kills. Yeah. You're sticking with the kills. Just about. And we're going to go to Kieran Flynn. Kieran Flynn, this is a tasty encounter. Um, it's not nice for either team to be in, but um, who are you going to go for? Rick Kenny or St. Colum Kills? Uh, just remember back to the start of the year, I think I predicted Rick Kenny to be one of the teams to be relegated. So by that virtue, I'm going to have to pick St. Colum Kills. I think I just hope that they do because they've got so much coming up from the underage that it wouldn't be good for their club to go back to intermediate and stagnate. They need to stay senior and keep growing. Yeah, yeah, no, true. But sometimes, you know, a club like that maybe going back and winning, they've got a lot of young lads coming through and they do have a, a few older players on that team as well. And maybe to go back and win an intermediate and give the young fellas the confidence that they need to go on in senior. Uh, you're going to go, Kieran Flynn is going for kills as well. I... I've gone for the kills in the last two games and maybe in the last three games. No, last two because the Dumboyne, they drew with Dumboyne and I had gone for Dumboyne in that game. But I really thought that there was going to be more coming from kills. And I just, I can't go with them again. <laughs> sorry, Mags. <laughs> and sorry, everybody over there in, in, in uh, late time. But I'm going to go for uh, Kenny this time as well as that. I've got... Bit of history, or I've got a bit of uh, family uh, connection to it. My mother was from Rakeney, or is from Rakeney, and lives in Navan now and whatever, and um, and my granny and everything out there. So I'm gonna have to go with the heart and a little bit of the head this time because kills have let me down the last two times. It's gonna be a tough one to call, but I'm gonna go for uh, Rakeney uh, there. I've said it. Um, we're gonna move on now, lads. That's all of our uh, um, previews of the relegation and of the preliminary in the senior. There is one game in the Mead Potato Company Intermediate, and that is the preliminary quarter-final between the preliminary, I like that, uh, between Clonard and, or sorry, between Ballinabracky and Waterstown. It's in Clonard. It's on Saturday next, the 21st at 5pm, and uh, we're going to go to uh, uh, to Brian Kelly on this one. Ballinabracky, Waterstown. Um, what way do you see this one going? I think uh, Brian O'Connell being out with a cruciate injury is going to be too big a cross to bear for Waterstown. And it's been a good year in fairness to them to reach the knockout stages, but Ballinabracky have probably more depth in their panel and I think they'll edge the victory. You're going to go for Ballinabracky. We're going to go to uh, David Rispin. David, uh, Ballinabracky v Waterstown. Um, this is a cracking, cracking preliminary quarter final. Um, Two teams that probably didn't expect to be in the preliminary quarter final as well. Yeah, I suppose at the start of the year, um, Ballinbracky would have had aspirations of probably getting straight into the quarter final proper. The way it panned out, I'd say they were delighted to get into a preliminary quarter final. Waterstown yeah, probably yeah. would have taken it. I think they, you know, they'll be happy with their year as a whole, as Brian mentioned. Um, it's kind of a um, step by step process and rebuilding gradually more than doing anything. But I remember watching them in the semi final in the intermediate a couple of years ago against St. Column Kills, and they, they were betting extra time that day, but they came within a whisker of knocking out St. Column Kills. They have this ability to raise their game on, on any given day um, against whoever it is really quality opposition they play. And I think they'll do that. Um, i seen Balnebracchi the last day and I, I wasn't overly impressed with them, to be honest with you. I, 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 I did 
expect a little bit more, I have to say, and I thought the likes of Danny Quinn pulled him up across the line and Seamus Curry coming on as well. I'd expect him to start. Juicy O'Connor, Chris O'Connor, I think, is going to be back um, from, from his injury, which which will make a huge difference. Um, Brian's mentioned that Brian O'Connell is out. They rely heavily on his brother Barry, Rory O'Dowd, lads like that. Alban mm-hmm. Crosby, real veteran in midfield. So I, I just think Balnebracchi, I, I don't think this will probably be, they'll shoot the lights out, the two of them, but I, I just think Balnebracchi overall will have a little bit too much. Stevie Risman has given Balnebracchi the nod and uh, we're going to go to Kieran Flynn, Balnebracchi or Waterstown? Just going from earlier, my prediction again for Championship, I think Balnebracchi are going to be one, they're going to be at the dance in Partage in the last game of the Intermediate Championship and unfortunately the Blacks are no longer back, I think this is going to be their last game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a shame, we're not going to get to hear um, that saying coming on to the podcast anymore. Well, now the Bracks are back. <laughs> the, the, the Bracks are back. <laughs> <laughs> um, tough one here. I'm going to go with Balnebracchi as well. Um, I think Waterstown, you know, they're 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 starting to to make headway and they're starting to uh, revive um, themselves out there in the club. I think they're maybe a year or two away from uh, uh, maybe pushing on and winning that intermediate. And I'm going to go with Balnebracchi. They've got an awful lot of work done in the last couple of years, and it's the fact that the game is in Clonard as well, it probably suits Balnebracchi a little bit better. It's closer to Balnebracchi. It's a two-day camel ride for Waterstown to get to to Clonard. But um, uh, look, I, again, I think that could be a really really tasty encounter, and I think Waterstown put it up to them but Balnebracchi will just get the result in the end the last of the fixtures that we have that's all of our previews done the last of our fixtures that we have is one that we mentioned already it is the big one it is the Junior D quarter final replay the replay of all replays tomorrow night Monday night it's in Dunchockland get there be early, get your seat, get your place on the side of the uh, pitch, and uh, it's Cortown v, v. St. Peter's Dunboyne, quarter-final replay, Davy Rispin, the final word <laughs> to you on that. We have some great history with St. Peter's Dunboyne over the years, you know, with first teams and their second teams, like recently 2014 in the junior final, but 1993, the two sides met in a junior final as well, and Trevor Coyne played, he played last week, he'll hopefully play tomorrow night for us as well. It's his get this, it's his 30th year playing adult football for Gortown. He started when he was 16, he's now 46 years of age and he's still doing it. It's an incredible story and he's not the only one that have played. Um, there's a few in the mind, not to that extent, but not far off it. That's absolutely brilliant. A nice little nugget of information mm. and uh, just shows you that you Look, as long as the body is able to play football, you should be out there playing football. Uh, we'll go to Kieran Flynn. Have you anything more from uh, the county board to add to the podcast? Just get your Royal House draw oh, ticket. Jesus. The draws come up on the 28th of September, and there'll be another one at Christmas as well. But again, get your ticket 28th of September. You have a chance to win a house, and you basically uh, have to build our stadium. We do indeed, and you've got that chance to win a house. Uh, Brian Kelly, have you anything from the minor county board? Yeah, um, just it was a tough weekend and tough week last weekend at minor level. As most people know at this stage, we had the tragic passing last week of Mead Minor, Darren Connell. Darren was one of the hardest working young footballers in the county. He was a credit to his family and his club. Whatever it was going to take as a footballer, as a footballer in life, Darren was going to do it. He had all the makings of an outstanding player. And unfortunately yesterday at 2 o'clock when he should have been playing in the minor championship, he was laid to rest. Um, our deepest condolences to his family and friends. Um, it was harrowing scenes yesterday, and to see his clubmates, his teammates at club at county level as well, standing in a guard of honour, and see the Old Castle Intermediate team 
carrying him to his final resting place. It was brutally sad and just to, you should never see a minor team standing in the guard of honour for one of their teammates and hopefully it's not something we'll see again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Harrowing scenes over in Oldcastle and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends, his school uh, friends and his, uh, the players of his teams as well. Our yesterday, and we'll dedicate our podcast this week to the memory of Darren Connell from Oldcastle.